Good morning, everyone, and welcome to All Things SR Podcast. Good morning, Leslie. Good morning, Pam. Good morning, everybody, or good afternoon, afternoon. in Franca's case. And uh, How are you all today? And the SR Fox set her alarm so she wouldn't forget. That's very nice of you, SR Fox. I'm sure that the den is kind of quiet for you this morning, I hope. (laughs) Hopefully, hopefully. Morning, Ellie. I I see Ellie is up bright and early. Ellie, passing you coffee. Mm -hmm. Brenda and Lori and Black Lab Lady and Mm -hmm. and Ashley. It's all so good to see you this morning. Yes, Black Lab Lady. I'm coming up your way in October. (laughs) Heading to the, heading up the coast to New England. So, go to go to. uh, Was it? I think it's uh, Port, Port. Point St. Elizabeth, Port St. Elizabeth, the lighthouse off, not far from Portland. Get the oh, bass okay. lobster rolls. Mm, I'll or make you, a note of that. Or I you, have been. Where you drive up Route 1 and hit um, Wiscasset. There's a great little diner in Wiscasset. Uh, Wiscasset. I'll make a note of that too, Pammy. Yeah. Because um, we've been to Wells and, mm-hmm. I mean, we ha- I have been to Maine before, Um I had to, I've been to Maine twice and it's just so beautiful. Yes, Black Lab Lady, it would be fun. We'll mm-hmm. have to we'll have to see if you know. Yeah, my, my it's, it's all, as, as as I always say to Pam, it's a really long time away in Amaros time. <laughs> <laughs> it feels it like it's going to be like six years from now, but mm-hmm. it's early October, so it would be lovely. Oh yeah, Reds and Wiscasset. That okay. Reds, yeah. They you you wait in line, but you, when you get in, it's great food. Great food. Uh. My sister, brother-in-law, and my uncle and I, when my uncle was still alive, we used to go up to uh, Pemaquid um, every year. In fact, like next week time, around, nice. the, around the time of my sister's wedding anniversary. And we'd go up for a week. And we always rented this little um, cabin at Pemaquid uh, Point, I think it was. And there's, you know, the, I have relatives that used to go to Damascata every year. And uh, it just we we found it too, and it was just it's a great place. Love it. We would take these day trips, um, up to uh, uh, we'd go to uh, Bath, uh, Booth Bay Harbor, and Bar Harbor, and Cadillac Mountain, and Jordan Pond for their fantastic popovers and strawberry jam. Oh my gosh! Um, and you and you you know you could hike up Cadillac Mountain or you could drive up to it and uh, you, you get to see such great sights all around. And then there's um, Thunder Cove, which is very cool. 
you go in and there's just like this little rock cove and the waves come in and when it, it goes into like a little cavern and then come out, it sounds like thunder coming out. Very uh, cool. Very cool. I love it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think I realize you traveled so extensively in Maine. Oh, yeah. I'll have to chat. We'll have to chat about that as well. And I see Ashley traveled last mm-hmm. weekend, mm-hmm. a road trip to Virginia straight through the interstate state to see a gospel group in the Crestman in Virginia, mm-hmm. three and a half hours back and forth. That is great time, Ashley, oh, yeah. really great time. And, um, black lab lady mm-hmm. said, yes, Pemaquid point, the Mariscata, Booth Bay, Cadillac mountain. You should be a tour guide up here. Pam. Hey, you know, I, I there the, you go. One of the, the goofiest trips we took and it's goofy for a lot of different reasons, but we went up, and like I said, we, we centered ourselves in Pemaquid all the time, and then we would take these day trips all over. Mm-hmm. And this one year, my, we decided we were going up to, um, my brother-in-law wanted to go to um, a, a Moosehead Lake. Oh, I've heard of that, too. And so it was, it was, we took this ride, and we get up there, and of course, this was before GPS, so, you know, you, you're getting lost a lot, basically. And... Uh, we were up there and we had lunch at this really great little place and they had um, this plane flew in and it was a tour plane. It was on pontoons and I think it was like $60 a person. You could get on the plane and, and fly around Moosehead Lake and do the tour of Moosehead Lake. And we were we were all excited. We we're going to do this. We're going to, my sister and brother-in-law who, who think flying is like the worst thing that ever happened to man. Um, got into it as well. And, uh, so we, we get up and then the pilot says, well, he looked up at the skies. He says, we're getting weather, so we're, we're not going to be able to do it. So, which was disappointing. So we decide, okay, let's, let's just take a ride further up this road. And it was a logging road. So, and Black Lab Lady, I'm sure you are aware of what logging roads are like at some areas of me. And we're going along, going along. And we finally hit, we, we, he made a turn. We're on this dirt road. I have no idea where we are. And, like, got animals running all around. So we turned around. Oh, come my back, gosh. Turned around and got back on the road that we had turned off of. We ended up going up through Jackman, Maine, into uh, uh, St. George's, Quebec. Oh. And it's, like, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, 5 o'clock in the afternoon, whatever. And, and we said, well... Let's go have dinner and then we'll decide what we're going to do. And we went and we went to this restaurant. It was really good. I don't even remember the name of it, but really good. The waiters only spoke French, though. And mm. which, you know, parts of Quebec, French is the only language spoken. And it just, you know, not which all Which I think them, is but, so cool. But some frankly. do. And so we. Well, it's like we, parts of Miami. It's only Spanish. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we went into this little, we would ate, it was great. It got really dark and, and my brother-in-law was like, well, I don't want to feel like driving back into Maine in the dark. So let's spend the night. So we found a hotel we sp- and uh, we spent the night up there. And next morning we got, up, got breakfast at the hotel and decided rather than go back to Maine, <laughs> let's drive up to Quebec City. Oh, I love it. Because we were only about a half an hour away from Quebec City, I think. And uh, we did that. It was, it was a lot of fun. And we're going to leave by 2 o'clock so we don't have to go through the 
the mountain roads again or the logging roads again in the dark because every other sign flashes moose ahead, moose ahead, moose ahead. And so we're driving up. We, we're, we're having a great time in Quebec. We're walking around the old city and we get in the car. We hit Quebec traffic. And I think we're crossing the bridge over the St. Lawrence at like five o'clock at night. And we're like, oh shit. So we're driving along, driving along. Finally get on this road. We're following the um, Penobscot River down. And uh, that was our guide, so to speak. And, <laughs> and my sister's driving because it's crazy. And um, you were, it's dark. It is so dark, even the bright lights on the, on the car weren't even illuminating anything. And of course, you're passing the signs, moose ahead, moose ahead, moose ahead. And then we hear this truck behind us, and I guess it's a, a, some sort of brake system they have. I don't know, but you could hear, the, hear it. And then their headlights show up. So we're going along. Now, my uncle, who, God rest him, all he ever wanted to do was see... Uh, uh, moose, and we're driving along, and my, my brother-in-law goes, oh, there's a moose over there. And we look to the right, and there's a mother moose and a, and a baby, and uh, you just barely see him because it's so dark. And my uncle's looking out the left side of his uh, of the car saying, where's the moose? Where's the moose? <laughs> so. Is that like... <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. I'm not going to say what I was going to say. <laughs> so then we're driving, we go a little further, and the truck behind us is now loud because it's so close behind us. And so up ahead, all of a sudden, you see in his headlights, not even our headlights, the truck's headlights, this huge bull moose with these antlers that are the size of the car running towards us <laughs> to the road. And we're like, oh, shit. <laughs> what do we do now? Because these things, they don't stop easily, you know? No, no, they, they're and massive. The, it's I, like running into a bison or uh, buffalo. No, no, Betty, we did not run over the moose. Mm-hmm. They're running. It, it, because the noise the truck was making behind us, I guess, it, it sort of swerved. So now it, we're, it's running beside us, and all you see are legs. <laughs> you don't even see the body. All you see are legs because the body's above the car. And we were in a minivan. We're not in a, you know, we're not in a little four-seater car. We're in a minivan. And the next, and then we saw it run off into the woods. And my uncle still's like, where's the moose? Where's the moose? And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so he never saw a moose. And we saw three. <laughs> yeah, it was a fun trip. Uh, it sounds like it. As Betty said, you have the best stories. And... <laughs> Um, I, I'm, I'm looking through the chat as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and Betty, Betty was, uh, in rare form, of course, as she always is. Um, and she was saying that, um, that, yeah, she w wanted to make sure that you didn't run over the moose. No. She said she doesn't speak French, but I can French kiss. Would that work <laughs> when you were up in Quebec? They probably, um, well, Quebec City was fine but in this little town. It's a nice little town, mm -hmm. too, because we, yes. we had to drive around it to get out of it uh, the, that next morning. <laughs> and a Ashley noted that she loves Betty's jokes in the morning. It perks her up like coffee. Mm -hmm. um, and Grandpa is, is doing better. He's oh, asleep good. now. Um, he told her to, he told Cheryl to wake him up at noon. So 
I'm glad to hear he's he's doing better. I'm sending lots of hugs and love to you mm-hmm. um, and him and his healing process. Um, and there's just been so much. Ashley uh, decided to take your advice and watch Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, she actually put, um, she actually, uh, said that was good. Um, she saw an edit of it on YouTube last night. You might want to watch Ashley. I don't know if the YouTube one, if it's, uh, endorsed by Apple or not. So you might want to watch that. It could have been lifted. Um, just be careful about that. We want to respect the rights of artists. Um, and we don't want uh, you to mm-hmm. so, yeah, get not- uh, thrown off by that. Um, Black Lab Lady also uh, agreed with you in terms of how the logging roads are miles and miles. She said, do not travel at nice mo- night. Moose make bad hoard- hood. <laughs> I can't. Hood Let ornaments. me start again. Hood <laughs> ornaments. And she's going to be up in Jackman the week of Columbus Day holiday moose hunting. She knows she probably is offending some, but yes, I'm an outdoors woman. So I didn't even know that was a thing, Black mm, Lab Lady. I didn't know um, either. So it sounds like you're going to be in for quite the adventure. Um, I hope well, Jack, you hear about that. Jackman is, you know, it's, you know, you got, the, I think we were on, I don't know, maybe Route 1. I'm not sure mm-hmm. what it was, but the main road and, and there's a lot of little stores and, and there's a, like this, my, my, I think my sister called it like hunting lodge type thing where there's a bar and rooms off of that in in a big building. I don't know. But in any, mm-hmm. um, I heard that a lot of people, uh, would go from Jackman to Canada to get their prescriptions filled at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this was, this was well, a lot of, of people were doing that. Yeah. And this um, is still do that. Pre nine eleven, and we're driving over the border. We have the only thing I had my was my driver's license, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and it was just a two man spot that we drove when we crossed the border. There was one Canadian border patrol and one American border patrol, and you know checking one checking each way. It and a little small like toll booth type of situation. It was definitely rural, <laughs> definitely rural. And so, yeah, so. I am, um, I, I'm, I'm laughing at, uh, Cheryl's comment. She says, kudos to you all for being outdoors. I prefer the inside. And it made me laugh about a colleague of mine, um, used to say, um, that he was a indoor cat, not an outdoor cat. <laughs> and I, I kind of love that because I think, I think that really sums things up pretty well. Um, also an interesting note, um, there's a little discussion about Midnight Mass, which is a new Netflix show. Mm -hmm. Um, Betty had said that, um, funny that, uh, the Netflix show, um, has a character called Father Paul. So she -hmm. got her Paul in early in this, uh, in this episode of All Things SR. Um, and, and to, to eliminate confusion because I know Cheryl was saying she read a book called Midnight Mass. Um, Midnight Mass on Netflix is a horror show, um, from what Betty says. And she said, I read Midnight Mass by Sierra Simone. They are not related. So they're two separate entities, kind of like The Man in the Black Suit. It was written by SR, but there is also another book by um, Stephen King called The Man mm-hmm. in the Black Suit. Mm-hmm. So just a little, just a little FYI. Um, 
And Ms. Epiphany um, said she read those uh, Priest and Midnight Mass by Sierra Simone, and they are amazing. So, yeah, I, you know what? I saw that book on a list just this week, um, and I was like, oh, I always heard Sierra Simone does, is a great, really great writer. Um, so something to check out, ladies. Mm-hmm. Ellie started watching the series last night. And Cheryl, I am with you. I don't do horror. It's not my thing. Not my thing either. So, you know. I write my my reading this week is in the political realm. I picked up Peril by uh, Bob Woodward and I was curious I, I, if you would read I was thinking that would be a really good read. I, I, it's um, very interesting so far. Huh? But, uh, mm-hmm. but that's a, that's for a talk for another time. Though. <laughs> and and Betty Betty said she doesn't do her either. But I would just want to see who is Father Paul. Father Paul. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Ellie, were... Ellie noted Ellie noted with Sierra Simone's book just uh, to close that loop on the the Midnight Mass uh, book by Sierra. Um, Ellie gives you a little heads up, uh, that she is more of a, an erotica writer. So just so you know what you're getting yourself into, that's a different kind of ride when you read erotica. Mm-hmm. So, um, just so you're aware of that. Also, Betty, if you want to see another father, Paul, watch the quiet man with John Wayne and Maureen O'Hara. Father Paul is in that movie as well. So. <laughs> that's a classic. Yeah, it is classic. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so. and there's a couple, uh, I can see a couple Sierra Simone fans here. Betty's asking if uh, she's, if anyone's read Sinner, if Miss Epiphany's read Sinner. Um, so I think that's um, other books that we should be checking out. Mm-hmm. Um, and SR Fox, I'm with, she said, started a horror series at night. Oh, girl, I never got any sleep after watching horror at night. I'm laughing because my daughter who insists on watching everything scary after, you know, she'll always watch it. And then she's terrified. She doesn't want to go to the basement. She doesn't want to go. And I'm like, see why you watch this stuff. It makes you crazy. So. Yeah. And I, and I stopped watching, I listened watching horror when I was a little girl only because I used to get terrible nightmares. Yeah. Well, so you're planting seeds in your head. For, of, of things to ruminate on while you're on your subconscious uh, yeah, dream like, state. Like, so. like we saw this, I remember, the one that I, I, most stands out in my mind, I think it was about six years old or seven years old, we went to see this movie called Conga. And it's, oh gosh! And it was a British night. It was a British film made in the like late fifties, early sixties, mm-hmm. and it's about this guy, mad scientist who. Creates the serum and gives it to a, a chimpanzee, and of course, a chimpanzee becomes this gigantic monster gorilla, oh, gosh. and mm-hmm. terrorizing the everything. And then at the very end, and I'm I'm spoiling it for everybody because I can. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert! Turn it down if you want to watch this movie, which you don't um, want to. Trust me, it wasn't that well made. Um, it it they they uh, get, kill the gorilla, the giant monkey and it becomes a dead duck mm. seriously i mean that's why i said no spoiler. oh my gosh that's crazy but <clears throat> i can remember <laughs> being in bed we were we lived in haddonfield new jersey and i uh, and my bed was right near the window and i and i remember my bed shaking and i thought i thought that this giant <laughs> giant ape was shaking <laughs> my bed 
<laughs> and oh my I was, gosh! Cam. I was screaming loud enough that both of my parents came into the bedroom to to oh check. Oh my gosh! Head. Yeah. So out of out of <laughs> out of the mind of Pam. Yes, yes. So <laughs> I don't watch horror films anymore of any kind. Except, I think you, yeah, I except think for you the love. classic Frankenstein and Dracula. I mean, those yeah, two are but just... they're they're not really. No too much in that angle um betty noted uh, regarding the pre-series she doesn't think passion flicks will make them because of the religious angle but they are great novels um there's also been some discuss about tl swan um apparently jacob morgan um did an amazing job narrating if you want to listen to the pre-series on audible um he did a really really good uh job narrating mm. um the series so and Ellie, Ellie's on, Ellie's on team horror. She loves it. Hey, you know, it's, it's, a it's a really popular genre for a reason. Um, you know, and for the horror aficionados, I know Halloween oh, is yeah. coming out. They're doing a huge buildup. So I know that's going to be a, a, a big film for the fall Michael as well. Michael Myers as, is um, coming back. The James Bond movies, the James Bond movie is finally releasing in theaters October mm -hmm. 8th. So, um, no time to of that. Yeah. I am, I if am. you're a fan of that genre and of that series, you know, we always say that we could see Nicholas and Acacia having the same kind of shelf life in mm -hmm. terms of a uh, series, um, kind of like James Bond, you know, um, it would be a really great thing to see. Mm -hmm. So, um, and it's the I, last one for Daniel Craig. I know. Don't say that. I just love him. I just love him as Bond. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I also respect his wishes not to continue on the, uh, with that character. Mm -hmm. Oh, and Cheryl said, no Bridgerton man is Bond. Darn. Uh, let's just think a minute about that. No, let's see. We, you know, They still haven't picked a new one yet. So maybe. No. What, his name is I still Reg? hope Daniel Craig will sign on for one more. But we'll yeah. see. Um, I, I, you know, I think you know some people are talking Idris Elba is the next one, and um, Reg from Bridgerton. I can't pronounce yeah, his full name. Reg. Whatever. Yes. Um, he would be good. Uh, I would also like to see Sam Hewen Hewen is uh, Bond. I think he would be. Uh, he would be good too. Good eye candy and. Um, <laughs> Or even in a, a way, it'd be great to have some unknown be cast. Well, they did I that with they... George Lazenby. It didn't work out too well. Yeah, um, this is true. But I, I think uh, you know, a woman would be good as Bond too. I mean, well, I, Judy I Dench that... was M. Judy Dench became M for a couple of them. Yeah, she was great. I've, I've heard that twist too. We'll see. We'll see what they do. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> um, mm. I, I'm just. Someone, Cheryl said, someone said Julio should be Bond. <laughs> hey, would, Julio would, would do a fine job. He would. He'd be um, great. Uh, Franca says, I think Julio would be a, a super eye candy Bond. Yes, he would. <laughs> Franca, yes. Yes, because he, know, is, he I, is quite the handsome, he is quite the handsome man. I wonder if Tom, the, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, the, the, the dialect coach would could help him with a Scottish accent. <laughs> I'm sure Tom would. Because um, he was phenomenal. He oh, yeah, was definitely. really, really great. Um, super great, actually. So I, I think having I think having that 
uh, character. Um, Betty says, I picture Roger Jean Page as Elijah Iverson. That's who she's thinking. I'm okay. not familiar with that character. Who? Tell me, Betty. I'll illuminate me on that. <clears throat> Let us know yes. who you're thinking of. So I guess we um, should start. <clears throat> we should uh, dig in since yes. we really, really um, since went I did far my, and wide today. Yes, my travel log <laughs> into James Bond. I think that's yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's 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 fun. It's yes. um, you know we're changing the seasons uh, this week in the northern hemisphere. We welcomed autumn. Franca mm-hmm. is greeting us, celebrating spring, beautiful spring from South Africa. And I was and listening. Had Heritage Day this week, which I thought was super cool. I'm going to learn more about that, Franca. Thank you for sharing that picture and mentioning it because I'm I'm intrigued by that whole concept. Um, and we have we had quite a bit of news from SR this week. Yeah, we did. We did. Um, the Man in the Black Suit, which is now out on the Kiss app, so you can go to Kiss the Kiss app and download that uh, to listen to it. Uh, also, the Man in the Black Suit releases in Brazil uh, in October, so we're not too far away from that. Uh, Eskimo in Russia has announced that Gabriel's Promise will release in Russian on February 1st, 2022. Uh, and he is told that Gabriel's Rapture Part 1 will release in November. Uh, but I don't. he doesn't have a date for that yet, just November. Uh, that's, that's great. And I'm, I'm excited that Promise is going to be in Russian. Um, mm-hmm. I know they've been uh, they've been really uh, asking their publisher. They've been adamant about um, trying to get that brought to the Russian readers. So I'm happy for them. So yeah, and that would be great. And by the way, and just uh, tuning up the music a little bit, we got September playing. It was. I it love was. that song, it Earth, was. Wind, and Fire. Yeah. Uh, then do you remember the twenty first night of September? <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. So let's I think see. it's the twenty third, right? No, twenty first. Twenty first. It became a big thing on Twitter all day. Mm. It was trending. Um, the Passion Flick store is going to be reopening soon, and Allie told SR about one of her ideas for new merchandise, and he really hopes it comes for fruition. Way to tease us there, SR. Yeah, and and where's Miss Where's Miss Kenzie to give all her <laughs> suggestions? She's um, enjoying the autumn. Beautiful autumn air. I'm Absolutely, sure. you know she is because she only she autumn started September first for her. Um, and the editing team is working on Gabriel's Rapture Part Two, and he's been in touch about the soundtrack. Nice, nice. That's so. going to be really cool. Mm-hmm. It absolutely is. So that is our SR news of the day. I'm so excited about that. I'm excited for the upcoming uh, premiere of Rapture Part One mm-hmm. um, in November uh, will be a lovely uh, birthday present. Um, so excited about that. Um, my birthday's in November. That's uh, the reference there. Mm-hmm. Um, Betty notes, forget the holidays. In other words, dinner with friends and family. Gabriel's, Gabriel's coming, coming back. back. We don't need anything but part one of Gabriel's Rapture. <laughs> and she noted, Kenzie's probably on a date with Paciani. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and since Kenzie's not here, I will clarify. No, it was not Pacciani. It's the actor Christian. It's Christian Vitt. Vitt, yes. 
She's very clear. Yes, she's not she a fan is. of Pacciani. She is a fan of the actor. And I understand. And I'm I, so excited to see how he brings that character to life because he really, just seeing some of his clips and his work, he is really a very, very talented actor. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be great. And I think uh, Sarah Beth Pollock is interviewing him, and I think the uh, interview comes out next week, I think, with him. Oh, so great. I think great. she's, I, I think I have a feeling she's going to be doing something on YouTube with him as well because she had a, a screen uh, shot of him from her interview with him. So that'll be cool. I'm not sure. Ms. Epiphany asked, does anyone know what SR saw in the Passion Flicks teaser picture? Um, no. All I saw was they were at the, uh, they were either at the hotel or they were at um, uh, the, the place that, the, the, uh, that house uh, in Umbria and Tony. Mm. Where they ran. Yeah, it. Betty's Betty was gonna ask that too. What did the boss see in the teaser photo? Do I need a magnifying glass? I guess we'll ask him. Yeah, I mean I, I mean I, I tried enlarging I it and it, it just pixelated for me. So because you can't you can only bring things up so far. So I don't know. We'll find out. Well, and he just might be teasing us. Of course he is. You know. Julius spoiler man. Julius spoiler man, SR's mm-hmm. teaser man. Right. Exactly. Um, but that's okay. Yes. It's a lot of, it's, it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. fun to have this anticipation and be excited about all of these great things that are coming our way. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to wait and see. Absolutely. Um, and in the interim, uh, we get to talk a little bit about what the Russian readers are going to be able to talk about next uh, February. Mm-hmm. Um, Gabriel's Promise. And we're turning our, our attention back to chapter 34. Uh, Thanksgiving time in Sealand's Grove with our friends, uh, the Emersons and the Clarks and having a lovely, wonderful post-dinner time. Mm -hmm. As we know, last chapter, uh, Julio, Julio, Julia (laughs) and Gabriel um, were heading off to the orchard. And uh, Tammy and Scott uh, were playing with little Claire. Uh, And as we start chapter 34, uh, Tammy and Scott left the kitchen with Claire and they gave Richard and Rachel a chance to talk. So Richard picked up a crystal goblet and began to dry it, saying to Rachel, I can remember doing this with your mother. And... You know, he he remembers her saying, Crystal can't go into the dishwasher, so we have to wash it by hand. And Rachel says, yes, that is correct. Um, And as a fact, you really should never put Crystal in a dishwasher. Absolutely never. Um, Absolutely. I agree, too. It's it's part of the, um, in fact, that's why they do so much hand um, washing and polishing, um, of, of the crystal because it's uh, of its delicate nature. And Richard told, leaned over and told Rachel how proud he was of her. And she didn't understand. He said, he told her that she has the courage to start a new path. That's what he was talking about. She wasn't sure what he was proud about, you know, he proud mm-hmm. that I'm not Putting the crystal in the dishwasher? <laughs> no. You know, he's proud of her for forging a new path. He knew how much she enjoyed 
enjoyed her job at the mayor's office in Philadelphia. But he'd always envisioned her doing something more creative, which does fit her character, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And he told her her new position sounded exciting. And when she finished with the crystal, she drained the sink and started on the pots and pans from dinner. And Betty noted, um, this feels like a soap opera because Thanksgiving dinner doesn't end. (laughs) And she said, it is, it is like uh, having uh, multiple days of watching Thanksgiving dinner on uh, all, all my children. Right. Yes. Um, And watching Tom Hughes go from age five to age 21 in a matter of three years. (laughs) And, uh, she noted it's good to see Rachel and Richard talking and cleaning etiquette 101 with the boss, Rachel, Richard, and Grace. And Rachel enjoyed her job with the mayor. Really? She asked. Well, you know, um, it, it all depends upon which mayor of Philadelphia you're talking to about. <laughs> well, I, I think I think she probably, okay, as someone who has worked in public relations for an, a governmental agency, I think the character of Rachel would have been attractive to the pace and the excitement and the... Um, the variety of, mm-hmm. uh, of activity that happens in that type of an office. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, some of her more um, grunt work type of things, she wouldn't be crazy about, but nobody is, you know, like mm-hmm. doing newspaper clippings and uh, researching um, who said what and, you know, mm-hmm. those types of things she might not be as crazy about. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, we did ask SR um, when Richard asked Rachel to talk to him about what is bothering her. Um, What does he suspect the issue is? And um, she thinks he said, or he said, I think in the case of Richard and Rachel, Richard doesn't know what's troubling his daughter. He would acknowledge that he usually relied on Grace to read situations and help him understand how the children were feeling. But in Grace's absence, he realizes he needs to step in and help his daughter. And that's actually where we're going um, with the chapter right here. Because he, he said, your mother would be proud as well. And Rachel was fixated on scrubbing the pot she was working on. And that's when he was pressing her um, about what's bothering him, her, like talk to him. And this is where she tells Richard, look, mom visits you and Gabriel and you know, that's really what was bothering her. She was upset about that. And Richard's like, what do you mean? And she said, Grace has not visited me. And I was, I was her daughter. We were really close. So Richard carefully folded his towel and he said, it's true. He he dreamt about Grace, not every night, but many nights. And he found the dreams comforting and it's not sure He's not really sure if she visits all the time. It could be wish fulfillment on his part. Um, and he's, he also was very clear he couldn't speak for Gabriel. You know, she'd have to talk to Gabriel about his experience. Um, but he speculated that she may ha- he may have had unfin- she may have had unfinished business with him. And she looked up at him and she said, you don't really believe that uh, you know, it's, it's wish fulfillment on your part. Do you? And then Richard hesitantly says he does have his doubts. Um, but he does think some of it's wish fulfillment on his part. 
But there were a couple conversations that they had together that he believed could be genuine. And, you know, so Rachel's processing this and she said, still, um, I don't understand why Grace doesn't have business with, with me. And, um, Betty noted that, uh, Richard is as a, oblivious as Scott. Um, Richard says there's something wrong and he knows. And Ashley said she wanted to give Rachel a hug. Um, definitely. Cause she was hurting. Um, Betty says, I'm surprised Richard and Gabriel told Rachel about their dreams with grace, specifically Ra Gabriel, because he is so private. Um, I actually, I, I don't think that Gabriel actually told her. I think it was more Julia. He confided I was just, to Julia. Yeah. I was, I was, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think he told her directly. I mean, Gabriel is very private, right? So, mm -hmm. but I think, I think as a way to try and comfort her, um, and Brenda said they didn't, um, yeah, it came through other means and yeah, Betty, yes. If we asked the boss, we'd say, he probably said, that's a good question. You're yeah, right. Most definitely he would. <laughs> and halftime show is here. Mm -hmm, it is. Um, so we did ask SR. Um, actually, Pam, I think we should do the question after okay. your next. Um, okay, we can do that. Do the questions after the next paragraph, I think. Okay, that's fine. So, you know, mm -hmm. Richard, Richard couldn't answer the question, but what she would tell her mother was that she loved her and that she, you know, she wished, her, they wished that she'd had more time together. And uh, Richard responds, he says, you know, I'd like to have had that too, which is true. You know, I mean, I, I know that feeling. And because um, and, Richard thought they would grow old together, they'd be able to travel together annoy their children and probably spoil their grandchildren later on. I love that. Yeah. That was so cute. And uh, so he, he's, you know, he's kind of tousles her hair in, in, in affection. And uh, he, he's, you know, he's trying, drawing a pot as well. And he said, you know, that he knew Grace better than anyone. And she said that Grace loved Rachel um, without reservation. And he knew that Grace was proud of her and that she still loved her. And whether or not she was present in the house, he felt her love and her comfort. And he was also convinced that she was around. So a couple things we asked SR was um, about Rachel's doubt of the afterlife uh, being the reason she hasn't been visited by Grace. And uh, SR says, I think if Rachel would say that she has complex feelings and thoughts about death and God and the afterlife. And some of these feelings are tied up with the fact that she misses her mother and that her mother wasn't able to be at the wedding. Uh, but she's also watching Gabriel and Julia have a child and Scott and Tammy uh, being parents. And she's feeling sad, which, you know, I really, one of the, it's one of the things that is always heartbreaking for me about Rachel is that she is going through so much grief. Um, the fact that, you know, it's not just the loss of her mother, it's the loss of her ability to have a child on her own. And I think that all plays into her being as it is. So, you know, she's just, she just want to hug her, tell her things are going to be okay. 
Uh, well, pain. it's it's there's a lot of pain. Yeah, an awful and lot of pain. you know, and you know, I think she's searching for any any morsel or any connection to her mother um, as well. And everything's intensified because all these, you know, innately mother daughter types of activities mm-hmm. that she's facing or dealing with, um, and it's hard. And you know, here. <clears throat> Betty said, all the unfulfilled plans Richard and Grace had broke my heart. And um, Lori said, yes, Betty, mine too. And uh, I did want to note that Brenda also said in the book uh, regarding, um, you know, Richard and Gabriel telling Rachel, she said, it's really not specified in the book. It might be some assumptions. I think, um, you know, I think this amount of pain that she's dealing with and sadness is just... It's, it's overwhelming at times. And of course, things are intensified during the holidays. So I think that's another piece of this. Right. Um, they're washing the crystal like she would have been doing with her mother. And this is the, um, basically the second Thanksgiving that she's been right. without her mother. And, and so much has happened within that year. So it mm-hmm. becomes more pointed. Yeah. And, and Betty said, I feel bad for Rachel to want a child so badly and not um, been able to have that. And I would say not to be able to have that yet. We don't know what's going to be in store for them. Um, you know, you don't yeah. know what's going to be in store with for Rachel and Aaron. It's, um, but it's it's it is a real struggle and it's a real sadness. And Anna says, "I understand Rachel's distress. I hardly ever remember dreams. I'd love a comforting dream from my mom and husband and grandma. Um, plus, I have death paranoia." So. Well, one of the one very of the, understandable, yeah, Anna. I don't yeah. understand. I don't. I never remember my dreams. Ed, well, that, that that's kind of what uh, you know. And our next question to Solaris is, you know, I, I, you know, we love the conversation of Rachel and Richard about Grace visiting, and um, I asked Sr. Do you believe our departed loved ones come for a visit? And his response is, is not everyone experiences visitations or messages from lost loved ones. But some people do. I don't know what that the relevant difference is. Perhaps it's belief or unbelief. Maybe if one doesn't believe in the afterlife, then one's unconscious mind couldn't even conceive a message from the afterlife. I'm not sure. I've heard stories over the years from people who have had visitations of a sort. So I do believe that they happen sometimes, but I couldn't tell you why. And just on a personal note, I... I have uh, had an aunt that was I was very close to. It was my dad's sister. She still comes visits me in my dreams in the twilight time. And she usually mm. comes around when there's something going on with the family, which is weird. Um, you know, uh, whether it be her daughter, like the most obvious one was when her daughter passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, she was she was in my on my dreams almost every night for a while. And, you know, if there's something going on around my, my family, my son or, or my sister and brother-in-law, she comes in and, and it's always like, you, it's right at that, you remember the dream and, but you, you, you're still asleep, but you're not type of thing. It, it's weird. It does happen though. It does. It does. And I, you know, I'm thinking there's, you know, people have, uh, there's a wide variety of beliefs on this. And it actually, mm-hmm. th- I'm thinking, you know, some people really believe that people will visit 
other people feel, no, it's more wish fulfillment, like uh, Richard mm-hmm. was saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think there's a whole range of, of feelings and thoughts um, on the topic. Um, I do think people are visited. I, I like, I think that's a comforting thought. I, and I think, um, you know, I, I think that is something that, um, a, a lot of times if you're open to it, I think that might help, um, the equation. Mm-hmm. Um, Betty said, um, or actually Anna's saying, I equate rainbows and finding the coin or feather as signs from heaven, mm-hmm. but I have a hard time believing because I'm a literal person. I understand that. My friend um, is very, has signs. Um, her sign is a feather um, Mama. from a very specific person in her life. And it is remarkable because it does turn up. I've been there with her when she finds feathers and it's at a very significant, at, it's usually at significant points in her life. So mine is um, whenever a digital clock reads 441. Mm, That's my mom. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, and just, just another, when, when my husband passed away for, I don't know, maybe about two months or so, every mm-hmm. time I would come home from work, his side of the bed was always turned down. Yeah. You know, I, I made the bed in the morning. It wasn't turned down when I left. Yeah. And um, I can remember... This was maybe about a month after he passed away. Um, I'm in the shower, and I hear my front door close and hear, Hi, I'm home, mm. in his voice. And so I, I, I do believe their spirits are around us at some point in time in our lives. Well, and that, you know, it kind of ties into Betty's question. She's yeah. wondering if Julia had passed away after giving birth, if she would have come to Gabriel in his dreams. I think definitely. Oh yeah, I think she I would think have. definitely he she would have been his guardian angel. Mm-hmm. And definitely she would have been with him. And definitely Claire's guardian angel. Absolutely, she would have watched over both of them. Absolutely. So, but to get back to Richard, um, he couldn't answer the question, but asked uh, what she would tell her mother, uh, and. She said she'd tell her mother that she loved her and she'd wish they'd had more time. And he responded that he too wishes that they had had more time. And he thought, you know, again, he thought they were going to grow old together. Um, so, I mean, it just, it all feeds into that. And yeah, you know, it does. So. It does. And, you know, they, they then go on to talk about, you know, the fact that he knew that Grace was proud of her, that she still loved her. Um, he felt her love and her comfort. He was convinced she was around. And, you know, this is when Rachel, you know, was doing the roasting pan in the sink and she's, she kind of pops it down. You can, I can, can, I can almost hear the splash. And she said, it's because he believes in God in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. And, surprised Richard because the way she said and he said don't you and she said you know sometimes she does and sometimes she has her doubts Richard responded that he too had his doubts um, as well sometimes especially at night but he feels Grace's presence he also has no doubt as to what he was feeling and the feeling had nothing to do with the other beliefs that she just mentioned Rachel looked into his face and knew that he did not lie um 
she also saw concern and his earnestness and honesty. And, you know, after Richard put the pot in the drawer, he leaned against the counter and asked her about what she would ask her mother um, if Grace was here. And he, he was listening and he was there for her and he reinforced that as well. And Rachel hugged her and hugged his, her father and said how glad he is that he is, how glad she is that he is there for her and that she wanted to make sure he understood how important that she, he, she felt he was in her life and how much she, she loved him. It's just, she missed her mom. You know, it's not that she loved him any less. It's just, she has this hole. Um, she's missing her mother. Mm-hmm. And Richard was glad he could be there as well for her. And, you know, then he kind of tiptoed around the very delicate subject of Rebecca, mm-hmm. the very small elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. And he, and I thought this was brilliant of him to kind of hit it head on. He said, look, I, I want you to know, you know, Re- Rebecca and I are friends and I hope to remain friends with her, but I'm not intending to pursue a relationship or marriage with her or any other woman. His heart belonged to Grace, he said. He was going to live his best life that honors her memory. And part of that includes being devoted to her and her brothers and their families. And he reminded her, life can change in an instant. Um, So please, you know, don't be angry or upset that Grace hasn't appeared to you. And don't fight with Scott. You know, life's too short. So while she liked fighting with Scott, she said, um, he did ask if she could do it a little less than she would. Um, she reinforced the fact that she loved her father and he loved her and they hugged. And meanwhile, a nearby candle flickered in the window. And we asked SR, why did you choose to conclude the chapter noting a candle flickering in the window? And SR responded in Gabriel's Inferno, chapter 10, Rachel tells Julia a story about Grace lighting a candle for Gabriel and putting it in the window. And I know when Pam and I were talking about this, the the flickering of the candle, we both had this uh, feeling that that flicker was Grace acknowledging the conversation between Richard and Rachel. Mm-hmm. And and Grace showing that she's there. I don't know if you guys feel like Brenda's saying it's Grace's presence. Um, I, I I definitely felt that it was Grace. You know, Grace's way of saying it, acknowledging it. Mm-hmm. I think so too. I think so too. And you know, I'm looking at the chat room. You're talking about visitation and mm-hmm. dreams. And mm-hmm. Black Lab Lady noted. Although I've never experienced it personally, I do believe in visitations in our dreams. I have two family members who have had multiple visitations, and maybe it's because I rarely retrain what's in my dreams. Um, same with me, Black Lab Lady. I've had, I have had um, family members who've had visitations. Mm-hmm. And the few times I do remember dreams, I usually, you know, my, my dear friend Rachel visits me. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know, the, the, the discussion about Richard feeling her presence, that's more in, for me personally. Um, as many of you know, I've lo- I lost a lot of loved ones um, in the year 2012. 
um, in a very short period of time. We called it our summer of sadness. And I definitely feel the presence of our loved ones. Mm -hmm. They're always with us. Um, I even said that at my friend Rachel's funeral. I'm not really sad because I know she'll, she is here in spirit and that I'll see her again. So, you know, that to me, that brought me a lot of comfort. Mm -hmm. Um, even though I'm sad, she's physically not here to go out and put the windows down and drive down I-81 on a beautiful fall day. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and I'm, you know, looking at the chat room, there's some other, um, great sharing. Mm -hmm. Um, Floor, Floor came, um, and hi, Floor. Hi, Diana. Hi, Ms. Epiphany and Anna. We didn't get to say hello to you as you joined the chat because we were in the midst of things. But Floor says, good morning, ladies. My grandma has visited me. We were very close in our last years. I definitely believe if it's meant for you, you'll know. And Anna said, the afternoon that my dad died, I was driving home, and a magnificent rainbow was before me. I felt that my dad was okay now, which I think is beautiful. And um, I know Diana was yeah, saying, it's hard for me to Gabriel. think of Gabriel without Julia. Oh, my gee, my heart. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. Um, Franca said, I find it hard to believe when people go to mediums. Has anyone ever been to one and was honestly surprised at what they were told? That's yes. interesting. Yes. Um, really? Yeah. Um, yeah. My sister... My my mom lived with my sister for the, probably about the last ten years of her life, and mm-hmm. um, she my my sister was always worried about uh, seeing my mother. She's like, "Mom, if you're around, great. I just don't want to see you," type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was she had some doubts about some stuff that happened when my mom was in the hospital, and which my sister, being a nurse, some of these doubts were valid in her thinking um and so we, she was you know that i knew so i mm-hmm. was my my aunt the one that visits me from time to time um she her daughter was very much into new age uh practices and mm-hmm. she would have this one gentleman from rhode island his name was roland Comtois come to the house every now and then. And the first time I saw him was right before 9-11, and he was in a tizzy. Right, I oh, mean, wow. literally the day before 9-11, he was in a tizzy. Um, the next time I saw him was uh, uh, after my mom passed away. Mm. And um, so he does these things where he, he writes messages from the beyond. And... Uh, I was sitting in my aunt's living room and he was pulled out one of these papers and he says, I'm looking for someone here who's has a family member with two rings. Um, and raise your hand. So I did. I was the only one in there. And here the, he, he said the decisions that were made, put that person at ease. They're fine. Um, everything was good. Uh, and that basically is type of message. And so I, I, I called my sister when I got home that night and I said, you know, I, I told her what had gone on. Now, my sister does wear two rings. Um, right before her mother-in-law passed away, uh, she gave my sister one of her wedding rings. I think it was like an anniversary band. 
that um, her husband had given her. And she, my sister also wore my mother's engagement ring all the time. Oh, and, wow. Um, so it, you know, it just fits so well. And the, you know, the doubts were, you know, should I basically, when you go through, uh, the end of life experiences, you're asked if you want to be resuscitated mm-hmm. down the line. And my mom was definitely a DNR, but, um, she always had doubts about that. And so it was, it was nice to be able well, to give comforting. her this and yeah. say, you know, she came through and said you made the right choices. So that's a good thing. You know, there's, you know, looking through the chat, um, Betty noted that the chapter is so precious, um, because grief is something that affects everyone differently. And I think that's a really great, you know, Esther does all these great meditations on grief and grieving. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think this is a great way to kind of, has a good blog um, demonstrate and it. illustrate it does everybody is affected differently and mm-hmm. black lab lady notes for her in terms of signs and and connection um it's birds for her cardinals mm-hmm. for her her mother mm-hmm. bluebirds for her departed nephew they do seem to appear at times that i need them mm-hmm. and i think you know honestly i think that's a very comforting thought well in the metaphysical world a cardinal is a spirit visiting you mm-hmm. so. it's um yeah, and <laughs> that he's talking about wearing, not buying a dress for Richard and Catherine's Sorry. wedding. Sorry. <laughs> or Becky's wedding, for that matter. <laughs> right. And uh, Franca noted that um, she rewatched all three parts of Gabriel's Inferno, and the actress who plays Rachel is really good. Can't wait to see what she does in Rapture. I agree, Franca. Mm-hmm. I think she, uh, Julia is her name, is wonderful. And I'm curious... You know, of course, when I'm reading Promise, I always think what w- would look like as a Passion Flicks production. And I think this chapter, I think she would knock it out of the ballpark. Yeah. Because uh, well, she has she has the spunk and the and the energy. Well, um, even as Sars said. But this is so the vulnerability is there, too. Even as um, Sars said in, in an uh, email he sent us a couple of weeks ago answering questions was that she does a fantastic job playing Rachel. She's got Rachel's spirit yeah. down completely yeah he's he's really happy with the cast um which is great so are mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. um betty said one of her beloved little parakeets died a couple years ago she thinks um but sometimes she finds yellow feathers and she likes to think she is still around which i think is sweet mm-hmm. and and floor was saying with loved ones that are gone. I think sometimes they become our angels that guide mm-hmm. us. Um, and Flora also says her sister is a medium. So I'm sure mm-hmm. she has a lot of um, insight onto that. Flora, um, Betty would like to believe that too, that loved ones guide us. Mm-hmm. Sometimes um, they come in as our spirit guides. Mm-hmm. Cheryl says, I feel my great grandparents are in my presence because I can smell their scents. Mm-hmm. I feel I've been protected. And I've, I've heard that quite a bit, Cheryl. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's very comforting. Um, Cheryl also said something that creeped her out was that her uncle had a dream that, and his dad asked him if he wanted to see him or come be with him. My uncle said he told his dad, yes, my family freaked out. And a couple of months later, my uncle was killed in a truck car wreck. Cheryl, mm-hmm. you just, I honestly, I just got, I had goosebumps, which I'm not sure Franca, anyone who's outside of the U S I'm not sure if you know that term, but it's like, you, uh, 
kind of get chills mm -hmm. when I read that just now. Um, that's very powerful. Um, Anna yeah. says a girl she works with is a medium junkie. She's on the list for Long Island Medium. I'm always <laughs> skeptical, but if it is a source of comfort for those, then go for it. Anna, yeah. my, Anna my brother-in-law saw the Long Island Medium um, couple years ago my sister got tickets she was doing something here and I also have friends that wanted to see John Edwards ah. um, and uh, I think for a lot of people sometimes these I, I worry about some of these mediums because I, I I'm very skeptical about some of them about actually being able to hone in on on a spirit and uh it, Teresa was a little off the wall for my brother-in-law, who's skeptical about everything and anything under the sun from the way the sun comes up into global warming and everything in between. Um, and, you know, and uh, Jonathan Edwards never called on my other friends. She, This woman had a, uh, a son that committed suicide that she was hoping to connect with, and she never did. So mm. it was, you know, it is... Whatever makes you feel better. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, there's, you know, there's a lot. Franca just noted Italians believe that if a dead person speaks to you in their dreams, it's unlucky. However, if you dream of someone's death, you're actually wishing them long life, which I think is interesting. Mm -hmm. um, Diana noted her grandfather, who did not believe in anything paranormal, um, his wife, her grandmother had died, and one day, she said his face went pale and we asked him what was wrong. And he said, I just saw Adela coming down the hall from the laundry room. We never heard him said anything like that anymore. I think the procession is, is carried internally and the processing is, is carried internally in some people. But when they say something, wow, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, there's, you know, it, uh, it look, we're just like grief just like processing of, um, of loved ones who pass, um, it's, it affects everyone differently. Um, Betty said Cheryl's story left her speechless. And um, Anna also shared her nurse and dialysis specialist son was brave enough to tell me Alan was going to die on the machine the next time they tried a treatment. And we didn't want that. Uh, it was time to let go. And we opted for hospice. Jason now is the director of a dialysis center, and he has a medical uh, knowledge in the family mm -hmm. piece as well. So, yeah, it's you know, it's it's very. It, there's just I a can, lot of power, and and I can you know, as Cheryl noted, the, lost loved ones are our guardian angels. So yeah, and 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 I can understand that. My my father was on dialysis uh, before he passed away. <laughs> And uh, mm -hmm. it was time. It was time. Because he, mm -hmm. he, he didn't want the shine. He was pulling it out. It just, it was crazy. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, there's a lot of research or, and articles written on that, too. Yeah. And I, I uh, just pulled up a couple things uh, the other day when I was going through this. And, um, you know, you, we can post the uh, websites into your into the chat room. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to do that, Pam. I'm having trouble opening my document. All right, I can get it. Um, okay. It you know it was uh, one was from Oprah, Oprah, and and you know just things that can appear randomly, mm -hmm. like uh, coins. 
dimes in particular. Oh, yeah. Uh, sometimes a family dog will come up. Oh, okay. Which, I, can get to, I can get to it now. I can okay. cut and paste the link. Okay. Um, you know, the smell of cigarettes. Again, the smell. I mean, mm. sometimes people do smell something when there's somebody around. Um, blown light bulbs. Oh, wow. And I can, I, I can attest to electrical things. The day my husband died, the TV in our bedroom died, and, and he died in his sleep. A TV in our bedroom wow. died, and our refrigerator died. Oh, my gosh, Pam. Yeah, weird, weird. Well, um, energy, right? Ener energy, it's... that's exactly it. Um, toddlers will be able to see things and tell you things that, you know, because their minds are so open and so innocent, they don't know. They haven't had the experience of us craziness, our craziness. Uh, love songs. Sometimes you'll constantly hear a song that reminds you of that person that or that, you know, was a song that you and that person had. Um, the dreams, like I said, with my aunt. Um, billboards sometimes have signs on them for people. Uh, yes. Rainbows, Anna. Yes. Um, so there's a lot, of, a lot of interesting stuff that goes on. And then uh, another one that I had is where grief meets loved ones, ghosts. And it just, you know, just stories a little bit about um people that like a woman who's who had, uh, mom had passed away and or dressed they had dressed their father husband in a a red shirt that was what they wanted and a few weeks later her mom reported that she'd seen him in a dream and he was smiling in his red shirt you know so there's a lot of you know really things interesting things um and there was one writer who even spoke about uh experiences of people connected to loved ones who have died of COVID-19. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she felt the cold hand on her shoulder in the morning of her mother's death and turned to see her mother sitting beside her. That kind of stuff. So it's That's interesting. Powerful. There's a lot, yeah. There's a lot of powerful things. And again, this, this guy and I just put that. Yeah. I put that link in as well. Okay. Um, I, again, this Roland Comtois that I happened to I, he was a friend of my, my cousins who did all these, crazy crazy things in her house and crazy for some people but normal for others i should say um and she he he didn't know me from adam i mean he he knew i was at the house but he didn't know that there was such a strong relationship between my aunt and my cousin and myself that we were familiar mm -hmm. and uh he would you know he would talk i mean and and it was weird because when he would this that when my aunt passed away, that um, Roland was actually at the house the night my aunt passed away, and he was doing a, a thing there. And um, Helen didn't want to didn't want to end it uh, at the time, and my aunt Kay would have been, oh, this is the greatest thing in the world, don't end it, because <laughs> she was she was she was cool that way. Keep um, it going, keep it. Oh going. yeah, keep it going. So. The night, you know, when I, my cousin called me the next morning, let me know that Helen, or that Aunt Kay had passed away. And I drove up, I drove over to her house and I spent the day with them and Roland was there and he was still, I think he was doing private readings for people at that point. And we're all mm -hmm. sitting around the kitchen table eating and Roland was sitting right next to me. And all of a sudden his whole face changed, his features changed. And it was just weird. I mean, this transformation, it was, it was, it was incredible incredibly weird to say 
And he was saying that, you know, he was talking to my uh, cousin, saying mom and dad are dancing together. They're having a wonderful time. They're very happy, which would be because they had an incredible love story. And also that my husband was standing behind me. Oh. So, uh, you know, why he didn't have to pick me. Again, he, he really didn't know that much about me, so... It, Roland is very cool. So sometimes mediums can be good. Sometimes they can be off the wall. I think when when you start getting into the commercial, like the Long Island Medium or John Edwards, it gets, it can well, get a little bit too much. Th there's a whole, you know, that's been, you know, a whole almost industry of that's known to be very, uh, there's a lot of impersonators and there's mm -hmm. a lot of mm -hmm. uh, shysters and shady people who try and take people's money on kind of trying to benefit from grief mm -hmm. um, or profit from grief, I think. Mm -hmm. So um, I did bid Franca farewell. She's going to um, visit her mom. Oh, and wishing She's wishing everyone a fabulous, safe weekend. And she said it's definitely been a very interesting chat today, mm -hmm. as always. Um, and I wanted to share Anna's um, note about Alan. Um, her Alan was a car show junkie, and we discovered a sticker from Cars the Movie on the floor by his bed as we waited for the funeral to come, which, again, signs, right? Um, I'm hoping that brought you some comfort during that hard time. Anna noted the signs bring comfort. And um, Cheryl said, I have a friend who is listening as a guest she just texted me and said that she has listened to other podcast calls and she prefers this one. She is in Germany. Tell the ladies to stay as real and humble as they are because I feel welcome just listening. I didn't get it from the others. And I responded oh. to her saying how that's Thank so kind you. of her. And thanks so much for sharing. And please let her know that we really welcome um, her to come and join us anytime. Anytime. And, uh, yeah, that's just, and, and greetings all the way in Germany. Have a good evening, I guess mm -hmm. we should be saying, cause it's in the afternoon now. Um, Betty added, um, I just remembered about two years ago, I had a terrible dream. I dreamed the boss passed away and we found out through Twitter. I woke up sobbing. Actually, Betty, I think I remember this cause I think we talked about this. Yeah, I think we did. Um, she said, luckily, the boss started posting things on Twitter, and that was both comforting, and it brought me so much joy. I pray every day the boss lives many years. I think we all do. Mm -hmm. um, I remember that because that, that was so powerful because it was so well, there, there was a, it was so real. A, a couple um, years ago, I remember uh, all, he, he posted this thing, pray for me. Mm -hmm. And then he went silent, and I think mm -hmm. Nina posted... Um, you know, just, you know, don't direct message him and email him, you know, type of thing. Uh, he, he, I, she didn't say he was sick. She didn't say what it was. Mm -hmm. um, but that, you know, just to sort of be respectful of, of him not being on. And uh, I, I it, it's weird that I remember that. I do remember mm -hmm. that. And uh, there were a lot of people that thought that, Betty. There were a lot of people who thought that might, yeah. you know, he might be really sick. And I found out later from someone else, uh, and this was a, uh, uh, I found this out not too long ago, actually, but uh, she told me that she remembers him posting that he had pneumonia. Yes. 
Yes. So that, that could have been very much around that time. Cause it that was, makes sense. It does. And that's so. a scary place to be. Um, as someone who had pneumonia many times in her life, it is a mm-hmm. scary place to be. Um, I noted Cheryl said, Sylvain Reynard books are the only books that her friend in Germany completely read. She said they take her to another mindset. You, are, you all are awesome. Have a good week. Thank uh, you, thanks, Cheryl. Cheryl. We agree with you. I mean, SR's books are treasures, and um, which is why we're devoting an entire mm-hmm. podcast to all mm-hmm. things SR. Um, and I love having this forum that we can chat with you guys and you guys can give us your opinions and your thoughts. And I know this, this topic we're talking about right now, kind of touching into the metaphysical and there's a lot of opinions on it. I don't think there's a right or wrong, um, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, I know some people fear very strongly the other way about this, Mm -hmm. that they're, you know, that this is blasphemous to talk about things like this. So I'm being very respectful of everybody's point of view. Um, I'm looking at Floor's comment. She said, I believe wholeheartedly in the power of spirits. There is a very thin line between the living and those who have passed. We just have to be open and have faith. Absolutely. Family that have passed truly are our angels. And mm-hmm. I, I, I believe that. I do too. And, and um, I know Diana, there's some reaction to Betty's post um, from Diana and some of the other um, from Lori. And uh, SR Fox said it's 1611 in Germany. Um, so afternoon, 411. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm just glad he's well too, Betty noted. Um, mm-hmm. And Betty says, damn it, Gabriel, you and pneumonia. Look what happened. Stop mentioning it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Anna said, when I read the passage when Gabriel believed Julianne had died during childbirth, I was so pissed and sad and angry. Like betrayed by this author, I trusted with my heart, and I kept thinking, there has to, I, uh, like I could not allow myself to believe that. I kept thinking, there is no way this is happening. There has uh, to be I, something. I kept thinking because I was so devastated by that thought. I was like, he cannot do that. But I, like you said, that betrayal. They were like, there's no way this could have happened. You cannot do this to us. Mm-hmm. I know. Oh, that writing. Oh my gosh. I know. I I remember the first time oh, reading my it, gosh. just crying my eyes out. I was like, you know, and, and it, it it was like I wanted to put the book down and not open it again because if that's the way this ended, mm-hmm. this is I I was, but I continued on so. He's so good, isn't he? He is. We're so he lucky. Is. We're so lucky we found his writing and this community. Mm-hmm. I know. Ashley said, bawling so hard, thinking Julia may have died. Mm-hmm. Ms. Epiphany said, I knew there was more to that story. I know. I, I kept thinking that, too. I was like, there is no way. There is no way. There is no way this is happening. There is no yeah. way this is happening. I, I, there was, I couldn't. I was refusing to accept I kept thinking there has to be some kind of misunderstanding. I, I always related to when I first read Fifty Shades. Mm-hmm. Now, when I first read Fifty Shades, I did not realize that Fifty Shades of Grey was a series. Oh, wow. And I read mm-hmm. the first book. And mm-hmm. the first book ended. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is awful. Oh, my God, this is awful. They can't end it this way. Can't end this way. <laughs> I know. I know. And... And I was uh, in a bookstore um, in the next neighboring town. And I happened to, they had the, and it was an indie bookstore. It wasn't like a Barnes and Noble. And 
they had the other two books in there. And I was like, oh, thank God there's more to this story. So, yeah, I, you know, authors will tease you sometimes, which I means seems cruel, but, they, but there's always more to the story than they tell. Well, there's a lot to continue on. That's right. Um, you know, it's, and, you know, as, as, you know, Betty's noting life is unpredictable and his writing reflects that, which I think mm -hmm. is so true. And yeah. Lori said, I did not allow myself to believe it either. I just knew SR would not do that to us. Um, true. and she did the same Pam and <laughs> Betty said, question, do you send him emails or comments of the chapters you just read? I wonder if anyone sent him an angry email when they reached that chapter. <laughs> That's a great question. You know, I'm sure if I can remember, did. I'm going to try and remember to ask him that. I think he, I think it, yeah. I think that would be an interesting one. Um, one and <laughs> Anna said, I'm sure SR's ears were burning. I MF'd him so much. <laughs> <laughs> Anna, you are awesome. That is so great. Uh, oh, the other, the other thing, I, uh, I just, I just putting this out there, uh, not because SRS, but he did write a blog post this week about grief and some, some things that you know you can read to help you work through that. So. <laughs> yes, he, he, um, and and actually read all the comments. I, I saw it briefly. I want to go back and look. Mm -hmm. um, read the comments in there too, because you know. I do love the community that's grown around SR's writing and work and mm -hmm. um, people were sharing um, other books to read, other insight. Um, so you, it's always good. You know, you can take it or you leave it. Um, people's commentary, but you can learn so much from others. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's really great. Um, Ellie noted that he did get a lot of WTFs. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, and Anna said this, which is why I love when I find a series late and all the books are out. Then I read the ending first and can calmly enjoy the ride. It's funny, <laughs> Anna, most of the time I will read series when they're done. Um, a lot of times I just don't find them because I'm, you know, so late to the game on everything. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of times I won't find them until they're all, in fact, I'm reading book eight of the Bridgerton series, which I know at Bridgerton, um, was published like 20 years ago. I'm reading the final week. book of, well, that particular piece, but she went on to write all kinds of ancillary stories and series and everything like that. But yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I, especially some books that are like real roller coaster rides, like uh, Pepper Winters. Some of her stuff is like just wild. Mm -hmm. um, and you, I, I would be very hard pressed to, have that cliffhanger ending and wait and wait and wait. Um, that, by the way, that's very, very, very dark romance and erotica. I'm just putting that out there in case someone wants to look at it. Um, but the storytelling in that, you kind of have to suspend a lot of your, <laughs> a lot of your belief. Um, but the storytelling is compelling stuff. Um, I think he so, had to put that in because of the suspense and keep you going because of the Dante Beatrice effect. Um, Anna says the waiting for months and years is BS <laughs> and the SR Fox says, I also wait because I hate not knowing the whole story after each mm -hmm. other because I've reread when the new one is published. Yes. I have to reread when the new one is published. Yes. Yeah, and, and Ellie, I'm sure when he was going through this, when, um, 
in the fan fiction days and having to wait a full week to read what happened next must have been <laughs> torture. I, I know. I think having that serialized edition of this story would have been, you know, torture, but also exciting, right? Like, oh my gosh, I can't wait. It would be like Christmas every, every Saturday, you know, to it's, open it's, up and it's like watching see Ted what's Lasso. Next. It's like watching Ted yes. Lasso. <laughs> I knew you were going to tie it back to Ted Lasso. I love Ted Lasso. In case anybody I hasn't heard. They won like all those awards on the Emmys. I, I thought Pam's happy. Yeah, yeah, I was very happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's just great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, SR Fox says, I also wait. I hate not knowing the whole story after each other because I have to reread the new one. I just said that. Sorry. Um, exactly. Anna found SR's gems just two years ago and read them back to back. So... Yeah. Um, and, um, Cheryl said, I immediately bought all SR's books after watching the movie. Um, and my friend just gave me all of TL Swan's books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause I, I'm going to have to add that TL Swan to my list. I've had a lot of people mention TL Swan as a good read. Um, and Betty's no, Betty confessed she cheated with Gabriel's Inferno. She read the last chapter first and then read the prologue in chapter one. I was shocked with the professor. Maybe that's why I was so angry with Gabriel at the beginning. <laughs> I can understand that. Um, Betty said, I learned my lesson. Never read the ending first. <laughs> <laughs> and Ellie said, yes, even uh, more WTFs in the fanfic days, I'm sure, mm-hmm. leaving us hanging on chapters like that. Um, mm-hmm. So Cheryl now has a complete collections of two authors. And uh, there was a buzz all week. And lots of chatter when they were doing the fanfic days, Ellie said. Mm-hmm. Um, SR Fox said, that's why I bought all the ebooks before the paperbacks came in. The shipment took weeks. I hadn't had <laughs> that patience. <laughs> I can understand that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, that's one of the benefits um, of the e-reader. You can get it instantaneous. It's instant gratification, right, ladies mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. gentlemen? Um Black Lab Lady said she's very late to the party. I saw the teasers for Gabriel's Inferno and checked out SR. Bought all four books and I'm embarrassed to say just how many times I've since read the series. Black Nothing Lab Lady. Nothing to be embarrassed about. You are in a club of multiple reads. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always find something new. I always find something new or have a different reflection mm-hmm. um, reading them. It's just so, uh, you know, all wax poetic. Um, about his writing. It's just so, just so lovely. Yeah, Pick, um, pick up the Florentine series because the, the adventure continues. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Betty notes ebooks are a girl's best friend. Anna says definitely ebooks equals instantly. And Ellie notes one of the reasons the U of EM and MOT masters of the universe. Were, Masters of the Universe were so popular was because they were writing at the same time and faithful posters. Yep. I don't think I realized they were writing concurrently. I mean, it makes sense to me. I just don't think I ever put that together, Ellie. So thank you for sharing that. So for those of you who aren't sure, the UOEM, uh, University of... Edward Madsen. Edward Madsen. Um, that is the predecessor to Gabriel's Inferno. That's what Gabriel's Inferno... Mm-hmm. became and uh, masters of the universe was master of the universe was um 50 shades, shades of gray so el james and sr were writing in this fanfic chat room at the same time 
and it was a Twilight fanfic chat room. So we have, um, you know, we have all these great authors who grew up around fan fiction from Twilight. So it's, it's a really remarkable story. I really, I feel like someone needs to do a good documentary on that. Um, I, I, that's something, that's an idea I keep thinking about or a book. Yeah. There's also a lot of information out there about a lot of how fan fiction, some of it, not good, some of it good. Um, comparing, you know, how these authors have come up mm-hmm. specifically E.L. James, specifically coming up through fan fiction, yeah. uh, author Twilight. So I think, I think it's, I think that also impacted greatly the independent press and the rise of the Indies. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's just so fascinating to me. Um, Flora says, I have all of SR's books on Audible and I have all in paperback too, obsessed. Mm-hmm. Anna says, multiple reads, listens, watches. Absolutely. And um, ebooks are the best, SR Fox says, because even when an ebook isn't available in your own language, you can always fall back on the English ebooks. That's true. That's very true. I and think, I think that's uh, also, that's been a key for SR's global success because mm-hmm. it's been well, harder to get some of the translations going. I look at um, Kenzie, Kenzie's reading um, Julio's book, Nutshell, I think in mm-hmm. Italian, and she's, she's in, uh, translating it as she goes along. Yeah. It takes a while, but you can do it, so. Mm-hmm. Anyway, folks. It's it time. We I know we've gone past time. And oh, and yes, Diana, I'm glad, glad, glad before, before we say sayonara, mm-hmm. Diana noted, and uh, just another reminder, Gabriel's Redemption is on sale, $1.99 on Amazon. Right. So just uh, share that with your friends who may not have uh, experienced that book yet. So it's, it's uh, going to be, it's going to be a good one. So I'm going to leave us today with a little George Thorogood in the Delaware Destroyers with one bourbon, one scotch, and one beer. Have a great weekend, One of my favorites. See you next week. Take care, everybody. Triple side of that stuff Gonna get drunk, won't you listen right here